Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor Study. I have two dear friends, two of my best friends, Dean and Betsy, a married couple. And we were talking the other day, and I said, and they're committed Christians and have been for over 40 years. And I said, Dean, what's your spiritual gift? And he said, I don't know. I said, Betsy, what's your spiritual gift? I don't know. And I thought, you're kidding. <laughs> Every Christian, you need to know what your spiritual gift is because that's why you're on the planet. You are all different, differently gifted. And you've got to find out what your gift is because that's where you're going to serve the Lord the best. So what we're going to do is I want to ask you to open your Bible to near the back of the Bible by Revelation, 1 Peter chapter 4. And let's talk about discovering your spiritual gift. Serve God where you're gifted, not where you're not gifted. 1 Peter chapter 4, and let's pray first. Father, we want to pray for everyone watching this show. If they don't know yet what specific gift you have uh, enabled them to do, God, open their eyes, show them why they're on this planet, and help them serve you with that gift. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter the Apostle writes, quote, verse 9, Be hospitable to one another, without complaint. Here's the first lesson today. Attitude matters. Uh, hospitality is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know the people that have the gift of hospitality because they're easy to love. They always want people over to their house. They're feeding them dinner. They make brownies for the pastor. And, uh, uh, but notice here, it's, he says, be hospitable, but without complaining about it. Your attitude matters when you use your spiritual gift. You know, years ago, many years ago, I had a secretary, and when you went into her office, you'd say, can you maybe type this sometime if it's not too big of a time? I mean, she knew how to complain, and she didn't bless anybody. Because you might have a spiritual gift of organization, but if you do it grumbling, you're not going to bless anyone. And this uh, comes, listen to this, from Hebrews 13. Obey your leaders, your church leaders, and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Notice, let them, your church leaders, do this, overseeing you, with joy and not with grief, for this would be of no profit to you. Now, did you catch that? If you're a pastor and you're serving your people, but you're doing it grumbling, that verse, Hebrews 13, 17, says, you will be of value to no one. So, you know, you just, uh, uh, if, if I came to the TV studio today, and my attitude was, well, okay, I'll preach to that TV audience, but don't ask me to like it. According to Hebrews 13, I will be of no value to anybody. So, don't just run into the room and teach Sunday school. Don't just get up and sing a solo at church. Don't just be a Christian dad or mom. Don't just uh, be a contributor to the church. 
Your attitude matters, because if your attitude is good, you'll bless people. If your attitude stinks, it's of no value, Hebrews 13. So the mother says, Jimmy, get out of bed and go to church. Jimmy says, well, I don't want to go to church. I, I don't like the people at that church. They hurt my feelings. Jimmy, you need to get out of bed and go to church for three reasons. Number one, the Bible commands us to go to church. Number two, we have to forgive people that have hurt us. And number three, you're 47 years old, you're the pastor, now get up and go to church. <laughs> Point being, if you, as the pastor, whatever you're doing to serve the Lord, your attitude is crucial if you're going to bless people with that gift. George Mueller, born 1805, died 1898. He lived in England. With only a few shillings in his pocket, he founded an orphanage in England. He never asked people for money. He would just secretly pray, and the money would come in. Over a 60-year period, he lived very long, $5 million came in. He cared for 10,000 orphans. When he turned 70, George Miller decided to go on a trip, and he preached all over the world. He traveled 200,000 miles. He frequently spoke to huge crowds. He continued these evangelistic tours until he was 90 years old. He estimated during these tours, 17 years of tour work, he addressed 3 million people. All his expenses came in through prayer. And here's what he said, quote, about attitude. I saw clearly that the very first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord, how much I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how my inner man might be nourished. For I might seek to set the truth before the unconverted. I might seek to benefit believers. I might seek to relieve the suffering. And yet, not being happy in the Lord and not being nourished and strengthened in my inner man day by day, all this might not be attended to in a right spirit. Now I saw that the most important thing I had to do was to give myself to the reading of the Bible, to meditating upon it, that thus my heart might be comforted, encouraged, warned, reproved, and instructed. In other words, don't just serve the Lord. Serve the Lord, pray for a good attitude, then you'll profit people. Verse 10. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a spiritual gift, employ it in serving one another. Now, I want you to look at that verse and answer to the question, does every Christian have a spiritual gift? The answer is yes. It says, as each one has received a special gift. Paul says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 12. Listen to this. To each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, another knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the Spirit. A working of miracles, prophecy. I won't read the whole verse. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts are inspired by one and the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now notice, everybody has a gift, but you don't choose your gift. The Holy Spirit apportions what your gift is according to as he wills. So again, if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, you've got to find that out. It's the special reason you are on the planet. Uh, for instance, don't put me over the finances of your church. My, my checkbook has not balanced for years. 
Don't ask me to fix the boiler in your basement. I'll blow up the church. But the one thing I can do, I can preach. And that's what you got to do. Find out what the Lord has gifted you to do, and that's where you're going to glorify him the most. Look at verse 10. 1 Peter 4.10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as God's stewards of the manifest, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, did you notice something there? We serve God when we serve who? In serving one another. The way you serve God is by serving other people. Jesus said the same thing. As much as you did it to the least of one of these my brothers, you did it to me. So, you know, I, I, if you ever see this skit, teenagers put on this skit. I saw this. It was a great skit. The beginning of the skit, God says to this teenage girl, I'm going to visit your house today. And she gets real excited, and she starts cleaning the house, and somebody knocks on the door, and, excuse me, can you help me with directions? No, no, get out of here, I'm busy, God's coming to my house. And, and a little bit later, excuse me, can you help me? No, 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 I'm too busy, we're getting ready for God. Third, no, no, I'm too busy. And then, you know, the, you can see what's coming. The, the end of the story is, she looks up, well, God, you were supposed to visit today, you never showed up. I showed up three times. <laughs> So the, the point is, the, the, the reason I don't believe in Christianity without the church, one reason we go to church is so we can serve each other, and Jesus says that's the way we serve him. Now, I'm going to read the next verse. Before I do, how, it's, I want you to look in this verse for the answer to this question. How do I make sure God gets glory when I serve him? Listen to the verse, verse 11. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? How do I make sure God is glorified when I serve him? According to this verse, by the strength, serving in the strength that God supplies. This means you don't just run into the classroom and teach Sunday school. You don't just get up and sing a song in church. You don't just make, uh, go build a building for Habitat for Humanity. You don't just get up and preach. You pray first. God, may I do this not in my strength, because if I do it in my strength, nobody will get blessed. May I do this in the strength that you supply. Uh, for instance, Charles Spurgeon was a great preacher in England. Huge tabernacle church. Many people got converted through his ministry. Huge building. He says one day to a friend on a Sunday morning, can I show you the furnace that heats this church? The guy says, sure. Spurgeon takes him in the basement, and here are 200 people on their knees praying for the worship service. And Spurgeon says, this is where we get the energy at our church. In other words, when you have a worship, do that for your own church. Before you go to church, take some time. God, I want to pray for our service today, the pastors. Pray for the missionaries in China. Just Because we want to pray to make sure we're doing all this, not in our own strength, because then God won't get glorified. Lord, help me do this in your strength. You know, and it's easy to forget this. I had just written that paragraph in the sermon that I just said, and I had to go do something difficult. And I went and I did it. And then it dawned on me, I didn't even pray first. 
Boy, was that dumb. And I had to say, God, forgive me. Use it anyway. But, you know, we need to stop and take time to pray that we're doing this in God's strength so he's glorified. Uh, l- 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 let me try to explain this. I, I bought a toy a while ago. This is a DVD player. So that when I get on the plane, and noise-canceling headphones. So I get on the plane, and I can put these on, and I can watch an old movie, and I don't have to listen to the drone of the plane, and everything's fine. So I showed my friend my new toy, and he said, but Tom, you always have such good stories about trying to convert people on the airplane. Aren't we going to hear those stories anymore? And I got convicted. <laughs> so I'm going to get on the plane. I, Forgive me, Lord. God, help me keep the... You know, some, nobody's next to me or he's sleeping, then I'll take the toy out. So I said in my prayer, Lord, use me to share the gospel. So I sit down on the plane. Here's a 35-year-old uh, doctor flying back to Wisconsin to visit his parents. And he finds out I'm a, a Lutheran pastor. Oh, I was raised Lutheran, but I'm not religious now. I'm spiritual. And the church is so full of hypocrites. Well, okay, then he changed the subject. And I really wanted to talk to this guy about the Lord, but it it would have seemed really forced for me to bring it up again. So kind of under my breath, I think I prayed, Lord, somehow open a door or something, make it so I can do this. And then the conversation changed by him, and he turns to me, so what made you want to become a pastor? And I thought, hello! And I said, well, you know, I was raised Lutheran too. But somehow I get the mis- got the misconception that you're saved by- and you get in heaven by being good enough. Nobody's good enough. We're all sinners who deserve hell. What I discovered was grace, that we're saved by what Jesus did for us on the cross. It's by Christ alone, not by me. And I said, that it so overjoyed me, I wanted to become a pastor. Well, the church is so full of hypocrites. You know, think of the crusades, killing people in Jesus' name. Church is full of hypocrites. And I said to him, room for one more. We're all hypocrites. We all sin. Yes, the crusaders sinned, and so do we. Everybody, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, Christian, everybody needs the Savior. Well, you know, all church, all religions, they really teach the same thing. I said, no, they don't. For a Christian, we believe Jesus is God. For Muslims, they believe if you believe Jesus is God, you're a heretic. There's no way we believe the same thing on the big stuff. So, and then I just got kind of pastoral with them. And I said, you know, my concern for you is that you will just confess your sins to God, ask him to forgive you, ask Jesus to come into your heart, take control of your life. That's my, my concern for you. And then, you know, the, the plane's about to land, and I, he says to me, well, sorry you couldn't convert me, <laughs> and, and we parted company. But, you know, I, I prayed for him. But you know what, what I learned from, from that story I just told you? Two things. Number one, when you're in a difficult conversation, under your breath, pray, Lord, may I do this in your strength, not mine. Would you open the door? Would you? And then just, just see what happens. But then the second thing I learned... <laughs> We need to put our toys away to serve the Lord. Can I ask you a question? Is there a toy in your life you need to put away if the Lord's going to use you? Oh, but, but, but you know, Pastor, I'm really too busy to serve the Lord right now. Then you're too busy because the reason you're on earth is to serve the Lord. And before you tell the Lord you're too busy, count the number of hours you watch television or you spend doing sports or watching sports or novels you read or just... just um, if you're too busy to serve the Lord, you're too busy. You need to reprioritize your life to serve the Lord. Let's look at verse 11, last point here. 
so that in all things, when you serve him in God's strength, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's the last lesson. We are, are on earth. We are on earth to glorify God. Why? Here's the verse. For to him belong the glory, the dominion forever and ever. I mean, sometimes a, a prayer that I kind of force myself to pray. When I, Lord, when I get done preaching to this church today, May people go away glorifying you, not me. And why is that? Because you deserve it, Lord. I don't. And I heard somebody say something. When somebody praises and compliments a Christian, something in him will feel a little funny because he knows who he really is. <laughs> um, so uh, our purpose in life is to glorify the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Don't be my friends, Dean and Betsy, who love the Lord and their Christian people, but they went through life without knowing what their gift is. Your job is to discover your gift. And, and can, can I tell you, do this. I did this 25 years ago. Get alone with God for 45 minutes. And I got on my knees and I asked God two questions. Number one, Lord, what am I good at? And number two, how can I use that gift to glorify you? All right, what am I good at? I can't balance my checkbook. I can't fix the boiler. But I can preach. Okay, so that's the one thing I can do. All right, how do I use that to glorify God? That's when I thought, you know, we should probably have a TV show. And we've been on TV now in Minneapolis for 25 years. Now we're on around the country on Dish, TV, Dish Network and DirecTV. And so you know, this ministry got birthed out of spending time alone asking, what's my gift? How can I use it to glorify you? If you've never done that, spend some time alone with God tonight and ask him those two questions, and then get to it. <laughs> All right, let me review. Here's what we learned. Serve the Lord, but don't just serve the Lord. Serve the Lord where you're gifted. But don't just serve the Lord where you're gifted. Serve the Lord with a good attitude, because that will uh, bring blessing to people. And don't just serve the Lord in the area you're gifted with a good attitude. Do that in the power that he supplies. Do it with coated with prayer. Why? So that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ because he's the one that deserves it. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, can we go a little further about the gifts of the um, Holy Spirit? Yes. Where exactly in the Bible does it list yep. the gifts Good. of the Holy Spirit? And everybody, take out your pen, because here, here are the, I, I would encourage everybody to write this down and go read these verses. There are 19 gifts of the Holy Spirit listed in the New Testament. Read through them, pray, Lord, which is my gift? Here are the lists. Romans 12, six through eight, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, and 1 Corinthians 12 and 28. Romans 12, 6 through 8, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. And, and those are the 18 or 19 gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't say those are the only gifts you can have, but those are the basics. So there's 19 gifts. Yes, though, yes. But there could be other ones you're saying? You know, some like tech. God bless the people that have come forward. You know, Jackie, what, what, let me just tell you this. 
The only person that gets money out of this ministry, I make a rather modest salary doing this ministry. We have a board over us, so they make sure I don't have a jet. And uh, we, I make a very modest salary. You don't make anything. The, our camera people don't make anything. Your husband, Fred, direct, they, you don't make, it's all volunteer. And the reason I believe this ministry is from God we have to do technical stuff that if you put a gun to my head, Jackie, I couldn't do it. But you know what? We've got people now that put this show on our website. You can watch the show for free, pastorstudy.org. Uh, we got people that put it on YouTube, on GodTube, doing all this technical stuff. And, and my point is, what was your question? <laughs> the question was, oh yeah, are there more than 19 gifts? You know, I think some of these people that know how to do this technical stuff that wasn't around when the New Testament was written are getting our gospel word out that I could never do. So I think it doesn't say there are only 19 gifts because, you know, okay. they wouldn't have known in the New Testament the gift of computer mastery. All right. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Can a person have more than one gift? Yes. In, in fact, Paul says in Corinthians, let him who speaks in a tongue also pray that he may be able to interpret in other words if somebody if you speak in a language you don't understand and you know speaking in tongues is when you say say stuff that only God knows what you're saying but sometimes if you also have the gift of interpretation you'll be able to understand this strange gift tongue that you're speaking so it is possible to have more than one gift okay but you can have that both of those gifts because I thought if you had the gift of tongues you didn't have the gift of interpretation. Well, Paul says, it, it, no, you can have both. The norm, though, is more what you're saying. Give churches that have the gift of tongues interpretation, someone stands up and speaks in a language nobody knows. Somebody else gets up and interprets and knows what they said. Okay. So that they're, they're often separate. Okay. So how can I discover my spiritual gift? Mm -hmm. uh, I would spend good time in prayer. I would go through those lists that I just gave you and find out what the 19 gifts are. There's a great book called Net Networking by, uh, I think his name is Busby. Go to the Christian bookstore and ask for the book called Networking, and it'll give you a little test. And by the end of the test, you pretty much know what your spiritual gift is. It's called Networking by, I think his last name is Busby. Um, and, uh, and Jackie, the other thing you do, you ask people, what do you think I'm good at? And, and, you know, if they're honest, they'll tell you, you know, you're a wonderful singer, sing for the Lord, but I wouldn't um, do the uh, Sunday school teaching. You just kind of bore people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what exactly is the gift of speaking in tongues? You talk about yeah. it being yeah. something that's a language. Right. It, you know, it, when the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles in Acts chapter 2, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in languages they couldn't understand. Then they go out into the street. And here's people from all over the world with different languages, and they're preaching the gospel. And in that instance, they were real languages, and I think they often still are. So, Jackie, Paul says, I would that you all speak in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. Prophesy is when you say in, in a language everybody understands you're preaching the truth of God. But in tongues, it's like God gives you a language you don't know. Paul says in Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, maybe some of these uh, tongues are angelic languages. But it's, you know, I, I, this is a gift I have, and I, when I'm saying my prayers, I pray in English to the Lord. But sometimes I'll just say, Lord, whatever else needs to be said, may it be said, and I'll just speak in tongues. And I don't go into a trance. It's not spooky. I could do it right now, but I won't because there's no interpreter here. So, you know, it's not a weird thing. It's very, in fact, that's, when, I, when it first happened to me, I thought that can't be it because it's not strange. <laughs> okay. Prophecy. You just 
mentioned prophecy. Mm -hmm. What exactly is prophecy? Because, I mean, when people say they have a prophecy. Yeah, yeah. You got to be careful about this because I don't know if you remember Jean Dixon, kind of New Age crystals and all this. Jean Dixon claimed to be a Christian prophet, but she was into occult stuff that the Bible forbids. If you re the, the, the answer to your question is 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Read both those chapters. In the early church, and I think this is still true today, somebody would get a word from the Lord, and they would stand up and share that word. And, and it says, you know, let the prophets judge. You know, you can't just get up and, you know, the Lord told me you need to send me $50,000. Well, wait a minute. You know, the, the, the spirit, uh, you are, let the other prophets judge is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, I think. So, but Jackie, I think it's a legitimate gift. You don't see it much in the more traditional churches. You see it more in like the Assemblies of God, but even that you don't see it much. Okay. But it's real. All right, then define interpretation then mm -hmm. because you said yeah. that somebody right if you go to a church that has these gifts someone might stand up during the service and speak in an unknown tongue and Paul says one at a time you don't have 50 people speaking in tongues all at the same time which some churches do and I think that's unbiblical but some, one person stands up speaks in a tongue somebody else understands it and gives the message for the whole church to be built up and edified so it's it's normally a kind of a it's 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 so, prophecy. It's kind of like prophecy equals tongues plus interpretation. You both get a message from the Lord. One is done directly. One is done through a tongue and an interpretation. Okay, so do people still have the gift gift of healing today? I mean, you can turn on the TV and you have some oh people who do these oh healing things. I wanted to. I believe in the gifts of healing, but these people that say you know, uh, uh, that push people over. I mean, if people fall over under the influence of the Lord, fine. But I've seen people push people down. And Jackie, I'm grieved by a lot of the Christian TV I see on these some of these mm -hmm. Christian television networks. It's wacko. And Jackie, what we got, gift of healing is true, but the way, how do you do it? You do James chapter five. If anyone is sick, call for the elders who will anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And, and so what I do is, is I, get some elders and I anoint someone in the or you do it at your church but um, and I don't doubt that God can use anybody to put hands on people and say God do a miracle and heal this person you don't have to be an elder but uh, it's not done to get money out of a person's pocket and it's not done saying I know for sure you're going to be healed it's done in faith we trust God can do anything but we don't get Hollywood about it okay Pastor Brock I'm going to ask you a question why is it so important that I know what my gift is. Mm -hmm. Because Jackie, um, you know me quite well. We've known each other a long time. And you know how cheap I am. I'm, 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 I like being cheap. It's fun for me. I love going to garage sales and getting a shirt for 50 cents that somebody else paid $50 for. So anyway, uh, you don't put me over the contributions of the church being generous. <laughs> well, Tom, we're down to 10 seconds. There you so go. So I guess we're going to have to continue this conversation and go at another time. Mm -hmm. Um, thanks for being with us. We pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? 
you may do so at pastorstudy.org or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Mm -hmm.